0: my honor to help you through uh, all that stuff. But once a year, we push the pause button on all of our series. Uh, I'm sorry, twice a year. We do it once in the spring and once in the fall. uh, And we host what we call Vision Sunday, which is really just a family meeting. And I just get to talk to you about what we're doing together as a church and how you're making a massive difference in the world. And then I have a message to bring to you today, a short one uh, to bring to you today. Uh, about vision in your life. Are you ready to receive all of that, everybody? Come on, y'all slip in. This is 1030. Are you ready to receive that, everybody? All right. Everybody at Church Online, I'm glad you're along for the ride today. Uh, Whoever shared this with you, or maybe you're sharing it with a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, or maybe catching it later on in the week, I'm excited to have you along for the ride as well always like to tell you where we're going before I get into today's message. In the next several weeks, we have just some exciting stuff planned for you. Next weekend's a great weekend to be in church. Uh, I'm bringing you something very, very special next weekend. I don't want you to miss it. And then Mother's Day is coming on May the 9th. Our team's planned an amazing day for all the mamas and mamas-to-be and used-to-be mamas. Now your kids don't call you. (laughs) and Grandmamas and people who are Stepping in as mothers and would-be moms and just all the special women in our lives. And uh, let me, um, I didn't say this in the first service, but let me encourage you. Brandy and I, we've been married almost 21 years now. The first 10 years of our marriage, we struggled with infertility and miscarriage and uh, just the pain of all of that. And let me encourage you. If you're in a situation where you're praying for a child and you haven't had one, I want you to be at Mother's Day. And I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to shy away from that. I don't want you to view that day. I know it's a painful day for some, but I want you to be in church that day. There's no better place to lift your head up when you're downcast than in God's presence. Amen, everybody? And so, or, or maybe there's a broken relationship with you and your children, or I just want you to be in church on Mother's Day. It's going to be a great day. And then later on in the, uh, in the month, we kick off a new semester of small groups. We actually just closed our spring semester of small groups. How many of you are in a small group these past 10 weeks together? Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful. Look at everybody who wasn't. Tell them, you need to be a small group in the summer. So we, we actually intentionally organize our church such that we uh, use the rhythms of your life. And, you know, everybody's in school kind of in the winter, spring. And then we kind of take a break about six weeks Uh, Right here when graduations and all that sort of stuff. And then we'll pick back up with a summer semester of small groups, a a six-week semester of small groups. And I'm actually doing something we've never done before. Uh, We run small groups all year, uh, spring, winter, summer, and then in the fall. We just take a, a little break in between to give you a chance to jump on and a chance to jump off of the small group you're on. But I want everybody to jump on in the summer because I'm actually, I've never done this. I'm going to write separate curriculum just for small groups. I'm preaching a series, a six-week series that will coincide with our six-week small group semester on the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to write extra content for you and give you a devotion every week in the book of Proverbs. If we need anything in the world right now, we need wisdom. Come on, everybody. We need wisdom to do the right thing. So I want everybody at City Hill, I want everybody in the room in a small group, everybody online, if you join in on Zoom or if you're comfortable going to a a small group in person, I just want to have you in a group with somebody caring for you, pastoring you. I always tell you this, but we pastor you better in small groups. Somebody knows your name, somebody checks on you, somebody's praying for you, small group leaders there to encourage you and coach you and help you take next steps in your faith. And so let me just encourage you to get in a small group if you've never been in one. All right, you ready for today's word, everybody? All right, bless you both. Is everybody else ready for today's word? All right, grab God's word. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for the book, the Bible. God, I thank you that in this book is direction for my life. Here on Vision Sunday. I need direction. I need vision for my life. So I open my heart today to every word. God, I'm going to leave here better than I came encouraged, strengthened, ready to do more. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout amen. Amen. So, again, I told you, kind of a family meeting. Let me take about 10 minutes and kind of give you some family updates about where we are as a church and what you've been a part of and really what we've done. Let me just, uh, here's worth celebrating. I'm just, I'm gonna start here and tell you this, that while there are and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. There are thousands of churches that have closed their doors in COVID. We not only have survived this pandemic, but we are thriving in the middle of a pandemic. Give God praise for that, everybody. Come on, that deserves more than that. Glory to God for that. And that is due. It's, it's, the Lord just blessing us and blessing you. And then the faithfulness of our church And uh, I always like to kind of give you an update in a couple of different areas. The first is our home and our church. I I always want you to feel like you get ministry here, that you're ministered to on every level, not just on the Sunday service, but in a small group and on a team. And and as we minister around our community, I always want you to be growing and thriving. Matter of fact, I ask you every year without reservation, I, I really do believe this is the best plan that you give us a year of your life just, just take one year and go all in, do everything, go to the growth track, get on a team, join a small group, serve, show up, tithe, pray. And then when you do that, at the end of that year, if your life hasn't drastically improved, if you, if you can't see the blessing of God in every area of your life, then go find another church. And I mean that. Like, go find somewhere that your life is drastically improving. Because this is more than just a gathering of people this is God's church on the planet, everybody, and we got work to do together. Come on, everybody. We got work to do and mission to do together. So as it relates to our home, I do want you to know this. Uh, our team has been uh, compiling this, and they talk through all of these numbers. But I just want you to know this. We have saved more in the past 15 months than we did the previous two years in Jesus' name. But listen, hey, here's, the, here's the amazing thing. We're saving for the future But while we've saved more in the 15 months of COVID, we also gave more away to missions and ministry and outreach than we did in the previous two years as well. That deserves an ovation of praise to God. Come on, that he's given us a chance to do that. You say, what are you saving for, Pastor? Well, a rainy day. I told you that last week. That's part of it. But we're really saving for our future home and what God would have for us next. We don't know where that is. Um, we, I, I, I'll be honest with you. We're praying and working, and our, our team is assembled almost weekly, uh, working through uh, different opportunities. But here's what here's what I know. Here's the strategy we've employed. Let me say it that way, and that is, I don't want God to wait on me to open a door. In other words. When God's ready to give us a miracle, I want to have money in the bank that we can open that door and walk into the miracle God already has for us. I don't want to have to come back and go, well, guys, I don't know. This was a good chance, but we don't know. And in my life and in your life, I think it's wisdom that you and I prepare for the miracle God wants to give us. Shout amen to that. you got to come with expectancy. Matter of fact, you do that every single Sunday. If you come expecting something from God... Every weekend in church. It's amazing what happens. You get something from God every weekend in church. And we're expecting God to open a door for whatever's next at City Hills. So we're saving uh, and we're, we're, we're living beneath our means. Drastically beneath our means. So that we can give away and do ministry. And so that we can save for what's next. And I'm super excited about that. Then also we do so much around our community. This weekend is served Saturday. The first weekend of every month is Serve Saturday. I'd encourage you to get involved with that. You heard it on Church News today. Just download the Serve app. Super simple. Search for our church, and you can you can find a project this weekend. Matter of fact, this weekend we're we're uh, serving the Kendall County Women's Shelter. Uh, they're hosting a 5K and a 10K, and uh, I plan on not running any K's. Come on, somebody! <laughs> like, but 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 I'm going to be there early and prepare all the. Carbs for everybody running all the K's. Come on now, that's I mean that's my that's, I'm serving, and and all the proceeds of that goes to Kendall County Women's Shelter. We've we fed uh, an entire school. The school we actually started our church in several weeks ago. We packed gift boxes. We wrote notes. We gave prayer. We made lunch. We bought Chick fil A for all of the teachers, administrators, support staff, custodians. Eighty plus teachers at Kendall Elementary. And we just served them in Jesus' name and said, hey, we know this has been a hard day. This has been a hard year. We know, you know, in masks and doing and, and online and back. We just want you to know we love you. We're praying for you. Come on, we're here to serve you. Listen to me. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. Shout amen to that, everybody. Shout a better amen than that. We fed families at San Antonio Area Food Bank and one food drive alone in Bernie. We packed, I mean filled, 250 families' trunks with food enough for a week or two. We made diaper bags, 50 uh, care packages and diaper bags overflowing for expectant mothers at Kendall County Pregnancy Resource Center, moms who may not otherwise have the essentials for having a baby, but listen... We didn't just put bottles and burp cloths in there. We put a prayer request. We put a little sheet in there. We told them, hey, just so you know, this baby's not an accident. God had a plan, and he's got a purpose, and you're a child of the Most High God, and God is going to come through for you. Shout amen to that. Why am I the only one happy about all this? (laughs) I love what we're doing. I love what we're doing nationally. I love how we're planting churches as a matter of fact since January. By the way, everything I'm telling you is just what we've done since January. Since January, through the Association of Related Churches, the Ark Church family uh, that we're a part of that helped plant City Hills Church just since January in the middle of COVID with every major city on lockdown, we opened 12 brand new life-giving churches to God be the glory for that everybody Matter of fact today Today we're launching church number 961 since the ark started launching churches 20 years ago Just to give you some uh, some insight into that we're launched number 606 So in five years we have opened brand new we didn't split churches We didn't start churches in the same we went to cities without a life-giving spirit-filled church and we've opened 360 brand new life-giving churches. Come on, the local church is the hope of the world, everybody. It's the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. You are a part of that. We, we serve churches individually. Uh, we help personally, not, not just through the ark, but personally. We, we invested in a church in Morrisville, North Carolina called Waterview Church. Opened up with four hundred or so on launch Sunday. We personally invested in Trove Heights in Nashville, Tennessee. Come on, how many of you know all them country stars need Jesus in Nashville? Amen. Except for Carrie Underwood. I heard her sing gospel the other day, so she all right. But all the rest of them is lost. <laughs> and and um Especially Keith Urban, I feel like he's lost. I really do. I don't. I just. I want to put that out there. But anyway, we launched a new church in Nashville called Trove Heights. Hundred. There's. Listen, on their launch team, they had 140 people help launch that brand new church. You are a part of changing the world. Come on, glory to God for that, everybody. And then, and I'm gonna get to a message in just. My I promise. I actually, I studied. But uh, I'd just like to give you an update of what you're, what you're doing as a church Just the amazing, honestly, things that we're able to accomplish together And in international missions uh, We haven't been able to take a missions trip in the last two years Because of COVID and the restrictions and that kind of thing But the thing I love about the generosity of this church and people like you Is that our money can be deployed as a missionary even when we can't That it can go places we can't get into Like Sierra Leone, West Africa French-speaking West Africa, one of the poorest, most underdeveloped countries on the entire continent. It's in the 1040 window. Between the 10th and the 40th parallel is what we call the 1040 window. 80% of all terrorism comes out of the 1040 window. 80% of poverty is in the 1040 window. And 80% of the Muslim population of the planet is in the 1040 window. And we're planting churches in the middle of that kind of environment, like in Sierra Leone. Matter of fact, we just sent uh, our missionaries back to Sierra Leone. They've been in the States raising money for a chance to go back. We got in t- They got in touch with us a few months ago and said, Hey, we have a big need. There's some areas we've never driven to in the jungles and bush deep into Sierra Leone. And we don't have a church there. We've never planted a church there. Well, there's some people there never heard the message of Jesus in their own language. But to get there... We need a 4 by 4 we need a Land Cruiser, that's a, a, a normal you know, vehicle that they'd be able to get back in there. And we don't have one of those. And without any reservation or question, on your behalf, we wrote a check and they brought a brand new Land Cruiser. Come on, to get inside of Sierra Leone and plant churches. And Come on, that's worth celebrating, everybody. There are going to be people that hear the message of Jesus. we got work to do, everybody we got work to do, and we get to do that together. And then the last thing I'll tell you, and then I'll preach, I actually got an email Thursday from our missionary in Haiti. We sponsor a a missions group called Rise Haiti, uh, just outside Port-au-Prince. Port-au-Prince, Haiti, Haiti, as a country, on the island of Hispaniola, shares with the Dominican Republic. If you fly over it airily, the Dominican Republic is extremely lush and developed and beautiful, and then there's literally a demarcation line, and it's just scorched earth in Haiti it's the poorest most corrupt government in the western hemisphere is generationally in, in Haiti and they're under dictatorship of about five or six families who have who have ruled Haiti generationally and it's just it's 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 honestly a demonic stronghold to be frank with you but we have a church there we have a life-giving church there and a missionary there who is a native haitian came to the US went to college could have worked at another church, could have done whatever, moved back into that, and said, I'm going to bring the hope that I know in Jesus back to the country that I love and I come from. And so he planted a church, but he didn't just plant a church, he opened a school and an orphanage and his home. And we built and helped build uh, an entire compound there, acres and acres and acres of land that we pay guards to do. It's amazing, honestly. Every time we send a container to Haiti, uh, we have to, we build in the budget uh, bribe money. True story. We have to bribe the rebels every place when the container arrives. We have to bribe to get it out of the port and every place along where they'll just where they stop in the roadblock and they'll, they'll burn tires and you can't get in. And we bribe them with money all the way in. Why? Not because we're just speeding, but we are. As a matter of fact, last Thursday he told me, just enrolled in that one school on that one compound are 889 students. That get a warm meal every single day because of you and the faithfulness of our church every day. Plus teachers and administrators. Now listen, but we don't just smuggle in that kind of stuff. What I love about how you give to missions, what I love about what we get to do together as a church family, is we didn't just plant. We just didn't plant an orphanage. There's twelve in the current orphanage, and there's about fifty on a waiting list. As soon as we can finish the building there and expand the orphanage, but we didn't just open an orphanage and open a school. We don't just feed them, but we planted a life-giving church on the same campus as all of this. So, eight hundred and eighty-nine students, just after they get fed a hot meal every day for lunch. They go to chapel in their church, and they hear that there's hope beyond the hell that I'm living in. Come on, give God praise for that, everybody. We get to be a part of that. Am I boring you? I love talking about what we get to do together. I love it because this church is just now five years old. We turn five years old this September, and you're changing the world together. And We get to do that every year. We get to do it every month in a serve day like this week, and then every year... We take our church wide, I just want to put this on your radar, on On Saturday, July the 10th is Serve Day 21 and we actually join about a thousand churches around America and we'll be serving our cities and anchor projects like serving in homeless shelters, serving at schools, serving the underprivileged, rebuilding homes and building, I, I remember a couple years ago we built a wheelchair ramp for a, a, a homebound uh, senior citizen in our city and Hadn't left his house since he was crippled and was able to get out of his home for the very first time. I mean, just the amazing stuff we get to do together. You say, Pastor, is it all about that? No, it's not all about that. Listen, it's all about Jesus. But we open the door to Jesus with all this other stuff. And then before we leave, after we build the ramp, we say, by the way, there's hope for you. We get to change the world together, and I'm just so grateful for it. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's making a difference? Come on, let's give God praise one more time, everybody. Come on, give Him real praise, everybody, that we're making a difference. All right. Used all my time up, bragging on you all. Now I've got to preach really fast. Get your Bibles and listen really fast. You say, why, why a vision message? Why would you preach vision twice a year? Why, I, I want good Bible. Well, I'm going to give you good Bible today. Matter of fact, I think the purpose of the Bible is to open your eyes to vision for God's plan for your life because Proverbs says it like this in the message translation of Proverbs 29. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Don't you kind of feel like that's what we've been doing the past two years? Like that the whole world's just kind of like drunk? Texting, you know what I mean? Just kind of walking around, just stumbling all over ourselves And we don't really know what to do or how to, how to do next The Bible says if you, don't, if you can't see God's plan for your life, you'll do that You'll just stumble all over themselves But this is why I preach vision to you like I do If you'll attend to what God reveals if, if, In other words, if you'll get in on God's plan You'll live a most blessed life Underline that in your Bible And honestly, my my prayer for you as your pastor is that this is the life you live. A most blessed life. Now, that doesn't mean trouble doesn't come. That doesn't mean you don't have hard times. That doesn't mean that trials don't come into your life. It just means I have strength and blessing in the middle of my trials. It means I have hope that today is not the only day I'll ever live. It doesn't just mean it's always going to be this way. But God has a bigger plan in my life. And I'm a part of something that's making a difference in the world. Can I get a good amen? It's the most blessed life. And I want you to live that kind of life. And and honestly, I think that God has a plan for your life. And if nobody's ever told you that, let me be the first to tell you. God has a plan for you. I know you've looked over your life and think, Man, it doesn't seem like He's got a plan. seems pretty random, I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't, if God had a plan, why am I married to Dodo Bird over here? You know what I mean? And why... Just look straight ahead why, 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 why did it have to happen like it did and why, why did I hurt like I did and If God had a plan Well listen God's plan doesn't mean that the world isn't hurtful and evil It just means God has a plan bigger than this world and we write it everywhere. Matter of fact, I wish I could preach it to you. I think it's all throughout the Bible. I think there's one plan God has for all of humanity, and I think it's everywhere. It's all over the Old Testament. You can find it everywhere in the New Testament. Jesus preached it. The Apostle Paul wrote about it. Moses lived it. All the great prophets, David, lived it. I think it's God's plan for every person. And we, we've made it such that we organized our whole church around what we think is God's plan for your life. And if you're new to City Hills, I want you to write it down like this. We think it's God's plan that you know God. Not that you know about God, but that you know God. Now, if you're looking for a theological explanation and you're, 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 you're that kind of guy, you're a fill-in-the-blank kind of person. Where's all my fill-in-the-blank people at? I'm, you're, you're easy to tell. Yeah, it's easy to tell. You, you bring a big Bible with you under your arms, you know, and big theology. And if you're looking for that, listen, I, I'm not certain this is the right church if you just want to know about God. But this is the right church. If you want to know God, if you want to have a vibrant, personal, spirit-empowered relationship with the living God who wants to know you, you're in the right place. That God has a plan for your life, and it starts with you knowing God. But it's not enough to just know God. You've got to find a way to settle your yesterdays. We call it find freedom. I've met a lot of people who are saved and on their way to heaven, but still living in hell on earth. Like I found I found a lot of Christians in my life who know God, but they're just still bound by all the stuff of their of their past and their addictions and their troubles and their hearts and their heartaches and their hang-ups. And so we think it's God's plan to not just deliver you out of hell, but we think it's God's plan to deliver hell out of you. Like to really, whoever that is, just tell them I'll call them back. To deliver God's plan... That was somebody's phone. I, 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 I've developed late term ADD. I don't know if that's a real thing, but I've developed it later in my life. Anyways, God's plan is to deliver you so that you have freedom. It's not God's plan for you to limp into heaven. It's God's plan for you to settle your yesterday so you have victory while you're still in the earth. Shout a better amen to that. But then the best part of Christianity happens. I think this is where most Christians, get, they stop after they, after they get saved and they've settled some of their past and yesterday. I think they kind of rest right there. But the best part of Christianity is when you get to discover your purpose. And our whole church is designed to help you connect to the calling that God has in your life. That you were made on purpose and with a purpose. That the two greatest days of your life are the day you're born and the day you figure out why. You're born and what God wants you to do and then I want to give you a place and build a church like I just preached to you Where you can connect your purpose to God's plan And make a difference in the world Where you and I could make a difference in the lives of other people and serve other people and help other people Because the truth of the matter is this Jesus is coming back and we've got work to do before he comes back And it's my hope that we depopulate hell and we populate heaven in Jesus name. Say amen to that everybody. Now, God's plans to save you, God's plans to put you in a family that cares for you and settles your yesterdays and deals with your issues, and then he wants to redeem the purpose that he has for your life and then he wants you to reach back into the water and rescue some more drowning people. No god find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. It's the vision I think God has for your life. It's the vision we built our whole church around. And I think you need to have vision for your life. I think this is a pretty good one to live, but I think you need to have vision for your life. Because, write this down, life with vision is powerful, but life without vision is perishing. Life with vision is powerful, but life without... If you find people who have vision for their marriages, Brandy and I were just talking about this the other day. I think one of the biggest breakdowns of marriages today is not... He said, she said, he did, she did. It's that we didn't have vision for what this could be together. That we didn't go to God and go, God, what's the plan you have for us? We said, well, here's my plan, and here's my plan, and these two plans go the other direction. Instead of going, God, do you have a plan for us, and that's powerful together. I think that... If you find people and marriages and, and relationships and couples and parents and, and Christians and who excel beyond the norm and who make more in their life, it's because they have vision in their life. A life of vision, is, it lifts the lid. Of your life. It breaks the barriers of generational stuff in your life. It could be that you were born into that family, so you could raise up and be the visionary who says, Hey, everybody, it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to always be in poverty. We don't have to, every relationship doesn't have to end like that. We don't always have to be addicted and down and out and lack. Am I preaching to anybody today? But I can break through that barrier, and vision gives me something to achieve. Shout amen to that. And I don't think you should just celebrate a life of vision. I think you need to be scared to live without it. I think you need to be terrified to not have vision in every area of your life. Career vision, vision for your relationships, spiritual vision. What, what, are, what are we, are we growing together as a family? Do we, are, is our spiritual life growing? Is my prayer life deepening? Am I fasting more or less? Am I in God's word every day or do I just occasionally? Come on, everybody. I need vision for every er area. And if you don't have it, it ought to scare you because that same scripture, Proverbs 29 and 18 and the good old King James. Come on, the spiritual one said it like this. Where there is no vision, the people die, perish. The New International Version says where there is no vision, people. I think this is probably the one that describes America today the most. Where there is no vision, people just do whatever they want. They cast off restraint, the Bible said. They don't have any guardrails. They just live aimlessly. They're lethargic. They don't have any discipline. They don't take care of themselves. They're too passive with their lives and their lives' decision. They criticize too much. People who don't have vision criticize the people who do. People's lives who are visionless are consumed with people's lives who have vision. Because they're constantly picking apart what's right about you... Not because they think you're wrong, but because they realize, well, I don't have any vision for this. And I didn't make any plans for this. And why is it that they have that and I don't have that? A powerful life is a life full of vision and a perishing life. And entitled, criticizing, the world owes them something is a life without vision. I don't have any vision for anything else. Honestly, it's powerful with it. And at best, it's a slow death without it. And if you don't kill it, the devil surely will. Let me say it better this way if you don't have a vision for your life, or if you don't sabotage God's vision for your life, the devil will step in with his version. His version looks something like this that I want people to know me, not know God. I want them to know me. I want them to know what I do and who I am, and filters and duck face. If you're over 16, quit that stuff. Quit quit it. We all know your skin don't look like that and you don't have them little freckles and butterflies and whatnot. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. If people know me, I'll find fame. Oh, yeah. I'll be an influencer. (laughs) I'll find, oh, yeah. I'm going to make it big. And I'll I'll spend my whole life discovering my platform. How can I advance my agenda? You say, well, I don't do all that. But you may do it individually in your marriage. Make it all about you. Discover How can we leverage everything my spouse does for my agenda to go forward? Discovering my own platform so that you can just make a dime. I'm just giving you the devil's version. It's always counterfeit. It's always the opposite of what God wants in your life. Instead of knowing God, it's knowing you. Instead of finding freedom, it's finding fame. Instead of discovering your purpose, it's discovering your platform. And instead of making a difference with your life, you just live your life Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday to try to make a dime. I actually had dollar there, and I changed it to dime because the devil won't even give you a dollar for it. I mean, it's it's just the worst deal possible. But so many people live their lives for themselves. The interesting thing about the devil's plan for you is it's all about you. And God's plan for you is all about him and others. That deserved a better amen. The devil's plan for you is all about you. And God's plan is all about him and others. So look back over your life. Is my life lived for me? What I want? How I want? When I want? Where I want? Or do I live my life for God and for other people? A couple of weeks from now, Brandy and I are going to take our little kids on a Vacation is short, getaway, time together. I love spending time with them. I never apologize for it. I love y'all, but I love them more. (laughs) So, sorry. I hope you get to get away with your family sometime this year and spend some time away. And both of our parents, my parents, her parents, have taken cruises and they've tried to convince us to do a family cruise. Now, there's a lot of reasons why a family cruise won't work for me. Part of it is the family part, <laughs> but then it, different message. But then it's the cruising part. Where's all my cruising people at? Where, how many of you love cruising? Yeah, you can usually tell they wear flowery shirts and whatnot, and they talk about it like CrossFit people. And oh, a cruise is awesome. Cruise is the best. Cruise is the best. Oh, you 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 won't throw up. It's awesome. And I don't know, but I've heard cruise ships are awesome. Is this true? Tell me if it's true. It's awesome. One night, you can have a magician. You can go to a show. And then the very next night, you can go salsa dancing. Come on, everybody. Like, you get everything. And then the next day, you get up. And what are we going to do today? We're going to lay by the pool. Look at everybody else who ought not be laying by the pool. We can have a virgin pina colada in our hand. Come on, somebody. Got you. We can eat all all the food is all you can eat. Is this true? It's all you can eat. You can have pizza at four in the morning. You could follow up pizza with lobster and a side of two steaks. You can get anything you want. As much as you want. Am I telling the truth? You can get ice cream all day. I'm talking myself into a cruise. (laughs) I'm talking myself right into it. You can get anything you want, anytime you want. Look at me, there's a whole lot of people think church is like a cruise ship, that it's all about me, for me, by me, to me, because of me, and if I don't like it, I'm not coming back to this cruise ship. The truth of the matter is, we are a lifeboat, not a cruise ship. And if you're looking for a cruise ship, I don't know that the church of Jesus Christ is where you're looking. Because the church is not built for me. The church is built so I'll get on mission rescuing other people who are drowning in the ocean around us. The church is built so that I'll know God. Now I get on on the lifeboat. And I find freedom so I put my own life vest on. I learn how to settle my own stuff. And I discover my purpose. I start looking out and realizing more people are drowning than are people in the boat. And then I live my life to make a difference, to rescue as many as I possibly can. And put them on the boat. We are not a cruise ship that tailors to you. We're a lifeboat that serves the world. Are you still there? And listen, you can live your whole life for you like it's a cruise ship. And maybe you'll have a good life. But I think God's hardwired you such that you'll lay your head down at night and you may have a great time by the pool. And you may have a great time at the buffet. But at the end of the day, it's just empty, non-fulfilled. I've met a ton of really good Christians who are horribly depressed because they live their lives for themselves. Because life's all about me. Life, life's all about my plan and what I want and how I want. And God designed you to live with vision. Say amen to that. i got four minutes to teach you three points about the life of Abraham. I'm going to go late today. I tell you that, not for any other reason, but to prepare you. (laughs) But I'll make it quick. I love to preach Abraham to you most messages about vision. I think I identify with Abraham the most. I think he identifies with Christians the most. Because Abraham's the guy that hears from God when he's Successful in Babylon, he lives in Ur of the Chaldeans. He's very successful. His father's very successful. They have a ton of cattle. They they run big ranches. And and God tells him, "I want you to leave all of this and go to a land I'm going to show you." And Abraham says what we say when God tells us to do something. Uh, Where are we going? God says, "Don't worry about it. Just follow." Uh, Okay, but where are we going? (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'll take care. Okay, God. This is okay. It's neat. But, but for real, where are we going? Abraham starts walking. And the Bible says he gets, he's got his father-in-law with him. He's got his nephew with him. His brother has died in Ur before they ever leave. His brother's name was Haran. You can read it for yourself in Genesis 13. His brother's name is Haran. He dies in Babylon before they ever leave. They bury him there. Abraham hears from God. He gets up. He packs all of his stuff up. This massive operation, he's now moving to a place he has no idea where he's going. He's just following God. And they get to a city named Haran. Same city as the name of his brother that he lost. Read it for yourself in Genesis 12. The Bible says, and they settled there. Terah, his father, dies there. They bury Abraham's father, Terah, in the city of Haran. Interesting that they settle and Terah dies in the city named after the son he buried. Look at me. Most people settle in the place of their deepest hurt. Most people settle for a life of hurt. It was the relationship you thought would last forever and ended in divorce. And you settled Believing I'll never trust again, never love again, never have what I should have had again. The business that I started failed, and my best friend stabbed me in the back, and I I never can trust anybody else. I guess I'm just, and you settle in the place of your deepest hurt. Abraham and Terah settle in Haran. We don't even know how long they stayed there, but long enough for Terah to die. Abraham kind of shakes himself and has another encounter with God. God says, I'm going to make your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sands in the sea if you'll just get up and walk. And Abraham asks the same question again. Where are we going? And God says the same thing again. Just follow me. And then God gives him some direction. And here it is, Genesis 13. Follow along. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him. So they're they're walking along, Abram and his nephew Lot, and they're their servants start fighting, and they're in uh, the land that looks like Canaan, and it looks like where they're going to settle. And so Abram tells Lot, You pick whichever way you want to go. And Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah, a different t- teaching. I, got, I, I can teach it uh, to, to you at another time, but he chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham chose the other direction. And so the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, lift, Underline this in your Bible, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north. And south. And east and west. And all the land that you see. I will give to you. And your offspring. Forever. And I'll make your offspring. Like the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could count the dust. They could count your offspring. Verse 17. Go. Walk through. The length. And breadth. Of the land. For I am giving it to you. Let me give you three ways to live with vision in your life. Number one you got to lift your eyes from where you currently are. If you're ever going to live a vision kind of life, if our church is going to be a vision kind of church, it's not going to be because we settle for where we are. It's going to be because we lift our eyes from where we're not. We're going to decide to see beyond where we currently are. Abraham is a nomad. Matter of fact, every person in this particular part of the world at this time in history is a nomad. And a nomad just uses up the land that they're on right now until the land dries up and then they move on. Nobody has property rights. Nobody owns property. Nobody buys or owns a piece of ground and stays there and tills it and grows it and season after season it produces. This is a new concept. And God tells Abram, hey, look, you're not going to have to keep moving all around. I'm going to get you settled down into the land of Canaan. But you're going to have to see something you've never seen before. Oh, I wish somebody would preach with me. You're going to have to be able to see a life that nobody else in your family's ever lived before. You're going to have to be able to see some stuff that even though I've never heard of anybody doing this, you mean to tell me I don't have to pick up and move after this? No, 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 Abram, I'm going to give you this land for the rest of eternity. As a matter of fact, just a little side note right here, there's a little piece of property somewhere on the Mediterranean coast, somewhere around the Sinai Peninsula, all the way up to Syria, and that little piece of ground belongs to the descendants of Abraham, and it will always forever until the millennial reign of Jesus Christ own. And be, and be inhabited by the descendants of Abraham Why? Because God said I promise you If you'll follow me and have vision for where I want to take you I'm going to give you something that outlasts you I'm going to give you a life you never dreamed about I know nobody's ever owned land before But Abraham you're going to have land 6,000 years from now You're still going to have that little piece of land known as the nation of Israel Why? because you lift your eyes from where you are. God wants you to see something outside the context of your current reality. Henry Ford didn't just say... What what could I do to help? And if he would have, everybody would have said, just make faster horses and buggies." But Henry Ford said, I see something nobody else can see. Bill Gates and Paul Allen saw something. When computers took up whole rooms and only corporations had them, uh, Bill Gates and Paul Allen said, what if everybody had a computer on their desk, in their office, in their pocket? And so they created something that didn't currently exist. And if you're going to have a life that nobody else has, and God wants to give you the most blessed life, it's going to be because you raise your eyes just above the horizon that you've always known and see something you've never seen before. Shout a good amen to that, everybody. you got to see something. If You're not supposed to be constrained by your current reality. God wants you to keep seeing possibilities and opportunities into the future you got to raise your eyes. Our church is constantly raising our eyes. I love what God's doing among us. I love this church family. But I'm telling you, I don't come here every day and stand in this spot and just look at you. I look just above the horizon and say, God, what's next for us? God, where would you bring us to next? And i got to be honest, I don't have any idea. I don't know what it looks like or where we go. But I'm just constantly asking, God, raise my vision just above where we are. And let me see what could be. Shout amen to that, everybody. Number two, if you're going to live a life of vision in your life. If you're going to have vision, you're going to have to see yourself like God sees you. See yourself like God sees you. Abraham is married. Abram at the time married to Sarai at the time. She's 65 years old and is barren and they have no children. Now if I'm Abraham, I'm always thinking, Daddy's still got it, but Mama's old. You with me, everybody? That's the way men think. Oh, I'm good, but mama, she's 65. (laughs) Matter of fact, he tells us, this would be good. Lord, I I appreciate this, but you know Sarah, oh she's old. God says, I see you differently. I see you having a family. I see you, matter of fact, as the father of many nations. Every major world religion counts Abraham as the father of their faith. Why? because Abraham decided to see himself like God saw him I see more in you I see you I see you with more I, I know I know you think you're not a leader But I see leadership in you I know you don't think you like people And you just can't talk in front of people But I see you leading a small group At your lunch hour Around the office in your cubicle And everybody coming around And studying the book of Proverbs with you I see you volunteering and leading In a parking lot ministry I see you checking in babies And helping families find their way to a classroom I know you didn't see yourself as none of that But I see more than you see in you God tells Abram I see what you don't see I know you only see two old people without kids, but I see the father of many nations. I'm too afraid. I don't know if I can. Moses said, I can't even talk in front of people. God says, no, no, no. I see you as the deliverer of all of the nation of Israel. God sees you differently. And if you want to have vision for your life, you're going to have to see you like God sees you. You're to have a new way of seeing. I can't play an instrument. If you believe that, you'll never pick up an instrument. I, I can't. I can't learn a new language. If you believe that, you'll never buy it and try it. I, I, I can't. I can't finish anything. I just. I can start, but I don't finish. If you'll never do. You'll never do anything significant if you don't have vision for more. As long as it remains impossible in your heart, it is always impossible. But the moment you go to God and say, God, how did you make me? God, what do you see in me? God, what do you want to do? with my life God how could I be used and make a difference and do something that lasts and God says here's what I see in you if I could stage dive right now I'd do it off this stage right there so that you could see you like God sees you and here's the last thing if you're going to live a life a vision number three you got to walk around in the future this is probably my favorite part of the whole story. God tells Abram, strangely, honestly. God says, I want you to lift your eyes from where you are. You're the father of many nations. And then he says, Abram, go walk the land. Go walk the height and breadth and the depth of the land. Go, go, go just walk around. And if I'm Abram, I'm feeling stupid. <laughs> You mean you want, I don't even own all this. You want me to go walk around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to go put your feet in the place I'm going to give you. God, I wish I had time to preach this. to you. A couple weeks ago, Brandon and I, we do this all the time. If you're a realtor, and you don't want me walking through your empty house with a for sale sign, you better lock that joint, because I'm going to go walk through it. <laughs> if it's got an available sign in the yard. We went to this new neighborhood, Jason, I really like. Can I tell you, we couldn't afford a single house in there. They thought I was there to clean up the construction site, okay? I mean, that's, that's what they thought. The door was open. True story. We started walking. We, we brought our kids. I'm teaching my kids how to walk around in the future. We went in the bedroom. This is going to be my... We walked around the living room and said, What if we had small groups here? How would this look? What if we had people here? What 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 would happen here? What are you just getting their hopes up? No, 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 no. I'm walking around with vision. I'm raising my eyes above where we currently are. I do it for the church. Our team does it all the time. We'll go to buildings. I just talked to a team member who said, true story, who said the roof was open. You know the ladder that you can get on the roof and fix the ACs? They didn't lock it, so he climbed on top of the roof and walked all around top of the roof. I'm telling you, brother, listen, we're, we're saved, but we remember being hood, okay? you remember, so We're just a little bit hood. Just walking around. God, what could you do with this building? God, we've done a lot, but how many more people could we reach? God, if you gave us this land, how many more people could we reach? How much more ministry could we do? And how many single moms could we encourage? Could we start a school? Could we start a Bible college and train world-class young leaders? And God, just what could we do? We just walk around. There's sometimes you need to walk around in the future. You need to take your spouse by the hand and walk around in wholeness. I know you're broken right now. You don't even have to say anything. Just walk around in the future. If you're praying for a baby, matter of fact, I'm I'm prophesying to somebody right now. I felt it all service. If you're praying for a baby, you need to go shop for baby clothes. Just walk around. Just have vision for what's next just have vision for what's next God what do you want to do in my life so many people don't because vision has write this down in your notes I'm almost done vision has no immediate answers for legitimate questions <laughs> I can see Abraham going God what what am I doing over here <laughs> this doesn't make any sense God I don't even know if we can cultivate these ground God I don't even know what do we do with all these mountains God what do we do with all these rocks Lots of questions have died. Lots of visions have died in the place of premature questions. But just walk around. Our church has vision for more. For a building that we could do ministry in for multiple campuses around the hill country. I, we don't have a clue where. We don't know who the staff is. We don't have worship teams for it. But our vision is ahead of our resources. And occasionally we just walk around and think, man, wouldn't it be great God would give us this? The most frustrating thing about vision, write this down, is vision requires assembly, but doesn't come with assembly instructions. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put it together yourself. Sometimes you got to put together the pieces of, this is not how I saw parenthood going. But I'm going to piece together a vision for raising God-honoring children. This is not how I saw our business going, but I'm going to piece together. Vision requires assembly, but doesn't always come with assembly instructions. I didn't see our marriage going quite this way, but I can work with this. Let's have vision for what's next. Prepare, think, act like where God's taking you to. And Abram, if you will, God's got bigger plans than you could have ever dreamed. Right in the eyes, if you don't hear anything else, hear this: God has more for you. You're still here. It didn't take you out. The divorce didn't take you out. The foreclosure didn't take you out. The bankruptcy didn't take you out. COVID didn't take you out. The death and burial of a parent didn't take you out. The loss of a child didn't take you out. You're still here, and God still. And if there's one thing our world needs, last thing I'll tell you and then I'll pray. Our world has never, ever needed people with a God sized vision more than they do right now. Our world needs people who dream like this, who talk like this, who think like this, who pray like this, who work like this, who have vision for what's next. Bow your heads and pray. Lord Jesus thank you for your presence. I felt it all day today. and I felt it as I delivered this message. And God, I know there's people in the room today and people at church online who are struggling to see beyond where they currently are. Who are having a tough time with their current reality. God, I'm asking you to help us to raise our eyes above our current context our current reality. To see somewhere we haven't been before. God, I pray for people today who are struggling with what currently exists and, and their current limitations. God, I'm asking that they see themselves like you see them. God, I'm not down and out, not a loser with no opportunity. No, you've called me a son. You've called us daughters of the Most High God, gifts and talents and opportunities. I don't see them yet, but I got vision for what's next. God, I pray for people today. Come on, why don't you reach over and put your hand in somebody's that you came to church with? I pray for people today who need to walk around in what's next. Just walk around in the future a little bit, just dream a little while about what could be. Let's try again. Let's try again. I know, I know we didn't have a baby the first time. Let's start another business. I know that first one didn't go, but let's give church another go-round. Let's give serving another chance. Let's just walk around in our future. Let's dream together today. Some of you need to leave church and go drive through neighborhoods and business parks, universities, and just dream again. Just have vision for what's next. God, let this be a church of dreamers and visionaries. God, let me lead in vision. God, I don't know what the next few months hold. Honestly, wish I did, but I trust you. I trust you that what's next is better than what's left. And I trust you for this church and for every family in it today, that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout amen. Come on, give God praise for his word, everybody, all over the house.